Hello, and welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies. I got in without you interrupting me, Caleb. I, I feel know, pretty I was good dancing. about that. <laughs> the movement, if you were looking at me, you would have been interrupted because I was busting. Yeah, I'm never looking at you. I don't give a shit Busting what you're doing. a move <laughs> um, in your butt. Welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies. It's a movie podcast hosted by me. I'm Chris Chafin. And, uh, and you, I'm Caleb Shively. Yeah, so what we do on the show is we try to talk about two movies every episode, uh, one new movie, one old movie, and they're connected in some way, and guess what? They're both good movies. They're good. They're yeah, like they're what good you movies. deemed good, like you heard about it, and like, oh, I heard that's good. That's we, what this is. Yeah, one time you said the genre of good, which I'm like, yeah, that is it. That is it. The genre of yeah, good. Yeah, the word of mouth good. <laughs> yeah, so that's the deal with the show. This week on the show, we are doing two movies. Uh, it's Midsummer, the brand new uh, kind of Swedish horror-ish movie, uh, horror favorite fairy tale, and also Force Majeure. Uh, that's all this week on Actually, Actually Best, best choice, choice Movies. movies. <laughs> I had an unsyncopated rhythm just to throw you off. That's very rude. It's whatever I do. Okay, are you done? Are you done now? Oh, of course. You were like so close to interrupting me. And it still might, might like, maybe coming. So this week on the show, uh, we're doing things a little differently. Normally, it's the new movie first because that's the cool thing that brought you in. Because uh, you're cool, too. Because you're cool. You want to hear all about these cool movies. This week, because the new movie, Midsummer, it's very twisty and turny. We're going to do a thing we like to do sometimes, which is uh, talk about it spoiler-free and then talk about it with spoilers. We're just going to do it at the end uh, because that way you can just stop listening if you don't want to hear spoilers. Before we get to any of that, yeah. uh, Caleb... Oh. What have you been watching this week, dude? Uh, well, I'm going to spend most of my time here talking about one movie, but I'll give a quick little shout out to the movie Cold Pursuit, a movie I had no expectations oh, shit. for. I heard that was really good. Is it good? It's fine. Uh, it's a, a, a remake of a Norwegian movie that they just basically redid everything with Liam Neeson, a movie you haven't heard of starring Liam Neeson. Uh, I will find you, and I will kill you. Congratulations. Uh, but it's kind of funny. It's actually super funny. Uh like the ending joke is someone flying into his a snowplow and it just like shoots him out as like debris. It's like a <laughs> yeah, Lord Dern's in it for some reason. That's cool. Yeah, it's a nice quaint movie. But I want to get to what I want to talk about. I can't believe uh, it took me this long to see it. Under the Silver Lake. Um, why do we assume that all of this information is what we're told it is? Maybe there are people out there who are more important than us, more powerful communicating things in the world that are meant for only them and not for us yeah oh you think that's weird a little oh shit i still haven't Holy seen that either shit. i haven't seen that either uh i'll just preface it uh it's on amazon right now oh is it, it just oh, got added cool. on july so hey listener uh, i'm gonna talk about a movie i absolutely loved uh i saw it it's on free like, to stream right now yeah, so you I should check it, it out on yeah. uh over the weekend and it's uh five days later uh, it just like kept banging out around in my head, and it was just like, you know what? When it finally something like stuff started coalescing in my mind, like this is the, one of the best movies I've, I've seen in a long. It's so. Is it, is it from this year or last uh, year? Uh, well, the story behind it, uh, it was at Cannes, uh, twenty eighteen, uh, with a twenty four purchasing it and uh, deciding to release it the following month. Uh, wait, let's push it back. It got pushed back to December. Uh, we all thought, ooh, is that a little Oscar run? What are you doing? Uh, a, m a month before that's December release, it got pushed back to uh, its release in April. Oh, uh, wow. And it was only in theaters for about a week. I remember like, oh, I should go see this. Yeah, that was exactly it was getting where, good I, reviews. That's where I was at. I was like, oh, yeah. I should go see this movie. Uh, but it like... was like at Angelica, and I, I, I always have trouble going to Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't. Well, you're not allowed. It. You have to sneak past the guards. Like, it's isn't that true. part of the thing? Yeah. Well, I, I usually just do a long jump over the bridge. <laughs> Um, I have seen you do that, and it is majestic, if I can just say. Uh, there's that. Ooh, we're going to play a Python clip, if I can find it, uh, <laughs> where um, Terry Jones jumps the English Channel. And he's off on the first ever cross-channel jump. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it was good. It was good. It was good. Holy, sh holy shit, do I have a bunch of notes. Uh, so it, the basic plot of it is... Uh, 
Andrew Garfield plays like a self-delusional narcissist slacker. He's on the verge of being homeless. Uh, and then he I like, identifies so far. Yes, uh, then please he, like, go ahead. Sees these signs and coded messages, and it all comes after he, uh, his neighbor goes missing. The trick of this movie is he's a very loathsome individual. Uh, it like keeps and it keeps hammering on like that he's like a shitty dude. Like I he feel picks like on. You pe- often find men in movies. Uh, he, shitty. he picks on people that are weaker than him. Like obviously so. Uh, harasses women to the point where uh, the director, which is uh, David Robert Mitchell, this is his follow-up to It Follows, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie's infinitely times better, I would say. Yeah, the the director had to clarify, like, yeah, that's the point of him being like that. It's a character, and those are his character traits. <laughs> uh, like, people were like, yeah, this is uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I'm trying. It's Of course it's uncomfortable. Uh, so this is this really shitty guy, uh, like, tr- doing, uh, like, a shaggy noir uh, mystery and like the joke of it is that he's like kind of right after following all these signs <laughs> so it's like oh this asshole's right uh but that's funny i like uh, that well i'll also say like not only does it like follow this guy but the camera work and like the editing of the movie like it'll like stop in mid-sentence and like all his it's a movie full of directorial choices and all those choices like don't seem to care about this guy like uh what's the word god's eye uh like yeah. the point of view is just like oh we're kind of like looking at the floor sometimes or just like paying attention to like trees in the wind like he's still in the shot but like it's not about him he it's kind of like holy shit man uh, I'm, I'm already gonna like plan on rewatching it this week uh it's a movie that respects the following of a thread but not the follower of a thread uh and andrew garfield that's very deep caleb uh, that's very deep dude this movie's crazy uh it's like two hours long it's amazing uh andrew garfield is like very underrated physical in it like he has a certain way he runs that's very like uh scooby dooey uh his character sees the natural world resembling his own heightened para- uh, paranoia altered skewed fantasy world so it's like this weird meshing of that things it reminded me of uh one it reminded me of one of my favorite short films of all time uh duck amuck from uh chuck jones which is the daffy duck short this is an animated cartoon and that in animated cartoons, they have scenery. And in all the years I... All right, wise guy, where am I? Where uh, Bugs Bunny starts fucking with him as a drawer? Yeah, 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 duck amuck. No, uh, I am familiar with it. It was the, one of my favorite cartoons yeah, it's, as a it's, kid. It's, ama- yeah. it's amazing. It's an though. amazing yeah. piece of so art. It's yeah. like the awareness of the surroundings times like that mental breakdown the character goes through. Uh, it also is like, it's an L.A. Uh, detective-ish story. So it's like Chinatown, Big Lebowski vibes. But it's like a LA detective story populated with like the denizens of Slacker, the Richard Linklater movie. Mm-hmm. Like these weird, post ironic people are the characters in it. It's very well cast. Uh, Patrick Fischler, uh, uh, Riley Coe. Who else? Who's Patrick Fischler? Who's oh, uh, you know my man. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> no, the, he was the Utz guy in Mad Men. Open your mouth, sweetheart. I want to see if Geppetto's building a fire in there. That man is an animal. Oh, okay, that guy. Uh, right. In he's in uh, David Lynch movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Patrick Ressler. You're garbage, and you know it. Uh, Can I just interrupt at this yeah. point to say that uh, this movie sounds very good, number it's one, and I good, will yeah. see it. And I just want for our listener, like, okay, it's it's hot. It's July right now. It's very hot. It's midsummer. Yeah, please picture that Caleb's face is literally <laughs> dripping sweat right now. I have now. a towel like it, in it's my hand. Not, it, it's not warm in this room. I mean, it's not cold in this room where it's warm, but it's not that hot. <laughs> like you. Oh, I sweat. You're you're like pouring with sweat. You're worked up talking about Under the Silver Lake. You're like, uh, you're you're having a manic the episode, Shively, I feel like. The Shively gene is a sweater gene. Uh, <laughs> my dad is a uh, minister. Uh, so in the summers, he would be... Sweating, oh, wow. sweating a plenty on the stage. Like sweating through his shirt, that kind of a thing. Oh yeah, because he had to wear like a a suit all the time. Oh my it's god, it's always oh was fun god. to see. That's I mean that's the look yeah. though. If you're a preacher like that, you want to look like you're like seized with the the fervor. With the devils coming out of you, or through you, or yeah, away from something you. Vis- something good is happening, and something bad is afraid of you. Like, We're a that's... Christian podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, this no, this sounds great. Um, I yeah. remember hearing that it was out and that it was supposed to be really good, and, but I just yeah, I never got so around divisive. to it. So uh, divisive. I can't wait for people not to like this movie because <laughs> part of it, like, it did look like it might be kind of like you like maybe like brick, like a movie that is good, but also is kind of like fine. Uh, you know, there's definitely brick elements to it and the noir aspect. Uh, but man, it's a beast. It's its own beast. It's a movie so comfortable being bizarre. It leads you down so many weird pathways. Uh, and they all pay off. It's such a weird, heady, uh, it's set in 2011 specifically movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> uh, that's when he wrote it. 
All right, sure, yeah. fine, great. I love that. I actually really love that as an idea because it takes so long to get a movie made that you would just make it a period piece for whatever year yeah. it is. <laughs> and then uh, that's such a smart idea. I really like that. Uh, it gets like so heady and trippy. Uh, it like blatantly states the subtext. It blatantly st- says like our minds are unequipped to deal with truths. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the subtext of like uh, paranoia and looking for signs. Uh, and it also says how much we are susceptible to fear when we are, minds are like that. So mm-hmm. it very much just says everything that you're thinking. Uh, it's such an aware, wonderful movie. I would say it might be my favorite movie of 2019. Wow. That's big. That's big talk, young man. Uh, that's amazing. I got to yeah. check it out. I got to check it out. What can I say? Um, yeah, I mean, noir, it's actually funny. The main entertainment I've been noir. consuming lately is... Is it uh, noir or noir? It's noir. 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 Film noir. Film noir. Film noir. Yeah. Um. Didn't you take French, Caleb? Noir. Uh. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking it right now. Um. I think that's a lie. I think that you're fibbing to not just me, but the ten people that listen to this show. There are uh, in my earbuds. There's a a French translation French podcast. That's cool. Oh, a French podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you understand what they're saying or no? Uh, I believe they're saying uh, that they're on a podcast the whole time. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. So I, I can only assume that that's what they're doing. Meta man. Um, Meta man. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the main media I've been consuming really is I've been reading uh, like Philip Marlowe novels, like uh, mm. Raymond Chandler books sure, with sure. the character Philip Marlowe. Uh, I read three of them in the last like month, <laughs> which is like I'm really obsessed mm-hmm. with them right now. I don't know. I had never read them before. Some of them are like terribly, terribly racist. And some of them, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the book is literally from yeah. like 1937. So like like so these like gruff guys, uh, who are kind of like treat women kind of poorly and like, they're kind of racist. Uh, the Andrew Garfield character in this movie is like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since it's 2011, it's just like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause it's like, it, it, it's mostly pretty modern, but then you get to certain things and you're like, Whoa, what? <laughs> and it's like, it really takes you out of it. Cause he is not kind of racist. He is like the kind of racist you could only <laughs> be in the 1930s. You know, uh, is like, the long goodbye. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. 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 Marlo, I think yeah. that the only thing I know about that is that I've seen oh, the long that goodbye. 70s movie with uh, what's Robert Altman starred in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould stars in it. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Altman directed it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like I was saying before, uh, this week, yeah, we're doing the movies in a different order. So, first, we're going to talk about uh, 2014's Force Majeure. It was quite shocking. I- Everyone is fine. I mean, they, they yeah, know what they're right. doing. And he got so scared that right he ran away from the table. What? <laughs> so today's first movie is Force Majeure. It's a 2014 Swedish film. Uh, the basic setup is this. A perfect middle class, like upper middle class family is on like kind of a lavish ski vacation. Uh, and everything's fine until they run into a situation, a traumatic, dramatic situation that makes them question themselves, their relationships, and basically all of society. I mean, <laughs> I would spoil it. It's, I mean, it's fine. It's an old movie. Basically, it's uh, an avalanche. They're sitting having lunch this beautiful family and an avalanche starts coming towards the like outside restaurant that they're sitting at and it's beautifully shot like the whole movie and um basically the dad runs away and the family his two kids and his wife are at the table still but then it's fine nothing actually happens and then he comes back and the whole rest of the movie they're fighting about what does this incident say about everyone involved and about how we live our lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was a big hit. Uh, it won the uh, jury prize at uh, Cannes Un Certain Regard Festival, which is the kind of like to the side alternative festival. Um, and I remember at the time it being a huge deal. I saw it like around when it came out and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I will say I had a slightly different thoughts about it this time. Uh, what did you think about this movie, Caleb? Oh, um, Ruben Ostlund, uh, director, such a weird, unique perspective. Uh, this movie is just really an existential joke, one long existential joke. Uh, it's the implosion of a man's ego, uh, specifically a male ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of, like, uh, I saw it in 2014, because I see all the foreign-nominated Golden Globe movies. Yeah, I mean, it is it is one of those like yeah. foreign movies that was good. Yeah, you know, it oh, was it's definitely great. like the movie of the year in a certain um, sense. So it's 2019 right now. So it's five years later. I forgot how like 
there's this things that made me like cracked me up in this movie. <laughs> well, so this is the first thing I want to talk about about this movie. Yeah. Is, um, so uh, they're actually remaking it right now. It's going to star Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Nope. No. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. So Julia Louis Dreyfus. Sorry, uh, Will Ferrell and Julia. Directed and written by uh, Oscar winners Jim Rash and Nat Faxon. Right. Okay. So. Uh, this is to say, I think this movie will be uh, some genre of comedy. You know, yeah, I'm pissed off they're remaking it. Yeah, it'll have some <laughs> kind of comedic element. But so that got me thinking about the original. I was like, is that is it a comedy? And then when I looked back, because I, I remember it being very traumatic to watch. Like it was, and I talked to my wife, Catherine. She was like, yeah, I didn't think that movie was funny. <laughs> and I looked it up. Every single streaming service calls it quote wickedly funny quote, <laughs> which I think I think it's like a fucking they're like gaslighting us. It's a psyop to get us ready for There's... the new movie. Because um, uh... I looked at all the reviews at the time and basically no one the guardian called it an icily disturbing family drama um like only richard drama only i mean richard brody hated it at the new yorker the new york times was the only place that both thought it was a comedy and thought it was funny so my question to you caleb is do you think that this movie is a comedy didn't i already say that hell yeah man it's a cringe comedy uh like the best aspects of uh the great office british and american was uh the dealt with the fra- fragility of uh, michael scott david brent's ego uh, and these those are the things had really sad things to it there's uh michael's suicidal one episode uh <laughs> the ending of the british office is david brent ag- begging for his job uh it those it's just how we put comedy in a box and don't let it be things and that's like stupid that we do that like it's a Ruben oslin movie he makes movies that are specifically in his voice and those are funny those are dramatic it's allowed to be a bunch of funny fun, uh, different things the square is his follow-up which is another uh this movie's really funny but people aren't calling this a comedy but it is a comedy but it's not a comedy type thing it was more just to poke at the art world uh oh, the square yeah the square yeah uh, but this movie is just like cringe comedy at its finest um like See, I, I gotta say, I well, no, go ahead, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Like I said, it's like one big joke. And the joke is that this guy runs away from a controlled avalanche, uh, like panicking and like panicking, his, right? Uh, yeah. Ostensibly leaves his uh, wife and children to die, and it's like a very, very mm-hmm. closely observed. Like, like they even uh, set that up, like how like ideal this family's going. Like the very first thing in this movie is like they're posing for pictures, for pictures, and they put all your look head perfect, down, you know? Yeah, yeah, and they're like, yeah. Um, but they do kind of look like they hate doing it. Yeah, um, it's but very. It's, the pictures are great. They look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, the movie's reminiscent of a movie I absolutely love, uh, Who's but, Afraid of Virginia Woolf. But wait, can I can I interrupt, Caleb? Because, because I would completely disagree. I don't think that this is a comedy, and I don't think that if it is trying to be a comedy, it, it yes. succeeds. I don't it, think it's oh, succeeding. Oh, uh, there's a chicken sticker on the well, please, door. Please he tries, like, scratching to... it off. Yeah, but, that's, but that just seems weird and sad. It's not funny. It's, it's just funny weird and sad. Movie. It's very funny. It's only, like, the movie is, here's what the, my problem with it is. It's too closely observed, well photographed, and well acted that it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't. No, please, what you're, please, you're... please, please, let me finish. Well, you said know what I mean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, what I'm saying is like, there's a certain point where a comedy just becomes a tragedy, and it's if everybody is being completely naturalistic and being behaving completely normally. That shoeboxing, man. But then it's like, like, like I remember seeing like the founding members of the UCB do a uh, scene at the UCB, and at a certain point, I was like nothing in this is funny. They're just acting like there's nothing funny happening here because their whole thing is being true to the character and true to the scene. And you, I was watching the founders of it do it at absolutely the highest level. And I'm like, well now it's just acting. <laughs> like it's not a comedy anymore. It's just acting. That's your version of comedy, man. Uh, let's go to Mel Brooks. Uh, Tragedies when I cut my finger when I fall down the stairs. Now that's comedy. Uh, well, yeah, no. If you fall, but if someone fell down the stairs in this movie, then there would be like someone would be crying next to them, and then they would go to the hospital, and then they would go to physical therapy, and then you would see them like a year later being like, "Oh yeah, my back kind of hurts." And why can't that And then that the be movie funny? would be over. Why and can't it's that like, be funny? That's not a. That's none of that. It, that's just a thing. Why that can't happens. things be funny in that though? But that's just things like, can be very well, funny look, within things that. Things can be funny within it, but like I'm saying, and that's a comedy. No, it. it it, just because something funny happens doesn't mean it's a comedy. Like something funny happens in dramas all the time. Yeah, but it's. I'm just saying, like when you get to this level of committing to the reality of something, it just becomes a movie. It, it's so not the funny payoff anymore. Of the end joke structure is that this fragile male ego breaks down in this hotel room. Uh, and these kids come. You know, uh, the other way to in. say this is this is an extremely sad scene it's, where a guy is it's crying. It's not sad. It's Dude, so this, pathetic. This guy is he's... crying very sadly, and his children are hugging him and screaming and going, "What's wrong with you, me, Daddy?" Man. So 
he gets and it. this is what Caleb thinks is funny. It's hilarious. Uh, it's really not. Well, that just means you have a fragile male ego. No, it means that I don't like to see people suffer. I don't think it's funny. Oh, you know? it's funny. I love to see this guy suffer. This dude sucks. But everyone is suffering the entire movie. Like, yeah, it's funny. Everyone. Why? Because uh, suffering is funny. Uh, because you hate people. I mean, like, I don't hate people. Okay, I know? hate people. <laughs> Yeah, I think Michael Haneke movies are funny. It's reminding me of Cache. Yeah, there's saying, no way. How and in I was the world can you say Michael Haneke movies are funny? That is fucked up. Yeah, I know it's fucked up. Uh, but not I was funny. saying those movies are not funny. Yeah, you could. I, I, I'll give you that. But <laughs> it's reminding me of an actual, I think, a funny movie and a, a very poisonous movie about uh, couples fighting. Uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Sure. But also, we getting so off track. Like, okay, so he breaks down uh, in his hotel room. And talks starts talking about how pitiful it is, and he starts talking about like I cheat on games where we play with our children. That's so funny. Uh, and then he comes in, and like the kids are, "Why are you crying?" And the mom's like, "I don't, I don't care that he's uh, like this." Uh, and they're like, "Mama, come cry with us. Mama, come cry with us." I thought that was so funny. Oh God, Caleb, uh, there's a punchline funny. where with a with not, a drone in this not, movie. That scene is not funny. Uh, at there's all. A, a a silly janitor. There's I don't not, think he's silly, it's but there's a punchline. It's not a punchline in a scene with a drone. They're having an extremely serious conversation where everybody's on the verge of tears, and then a drone, and a comes drone in. knocks something over. It. Yeah, and, and it's more like they're saved from having to have this moment of like intense emotional stuff by a small small distraction it's very like it's not funny it's That's funny just, it's like they cut the tension with a, a drone out of nowhere it's not funny it's not funny it's uh, just sad uh, so all of europe agrees with me that this is a comedy and all you lame-ass americans with your shitty sense of humor sorry go watch have, modern family sorry that i have empathy for people like i don't have empathy for a dickhead who runs away just, from his but kid, any family. of the characters any of the characters the wife She's Who, and she's also terrible. She the wife yeah, is also terrible. It's very funny how terrible she is. It's funny oh how my God. It's, oh my god. So I had something I wanted to say about this movie too. It's I think what's really interesting about the movie from a certain point of view is that uh so it's from 2014. It's a Swedish movie. It's a it's basically the movie is about bourgeois life is so hollow and boring and people that are bourgeois are so hollow and boring. But you know, it, rem, it I don't think you can make movies like this anymore. Because there's such inequality in America and there's so many problems in society that if like you have enough money to go on a ski vacation, basically like I don't care if you're sad. Like I just yeah. like you're doing fine. You can't make really adult contemporary Well not that, but I mean it's like anymore. movies about upper middle class people whining about how they're not like perfectly, perfectly happy. It's like well, try being poor. It's like a lot worse, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot more of a recognition of that these days. And I feel like there's a lot less of an appetite for watching people who have make like $600,000 a year. It would be like, oh, I wish that like my relationship was more perfect. Uh, I think that there's an exception. I think that there's, there's kind of like a donut hole. I think that if you jump up to being multimillionaires, then people are invested again 100%. Like if you, uh, like if we're talking about uh, Big Little Lies, like people love that shit. I think people that are like you could imagine having that much money, then you don't want to watch it. You know, I don't want to speak for people, uh, but I would say it's like a, you're still mad at me for saying this isn't a comedy. I'm not mad at you. I just disagree with you. I, I would say it's uh, like it is a movie about uh, class in a way uh, and the Hoyt, the Hoyt Couture or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it's a lot about like Midsummer that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about in a little bit. It's a lot about following the rules of society like it's, it's yeah, basically like our central say, family is following the rules yeah. and all of their friends don't i would say it's a movie about like a equal balance that gender roles create and how uh incident can disrupt that balance and how relationships need to work to reset that balance and it's funny to see like yeah the social aspects of it uh and then just like dealing with like because this guy's a, a petulant man child which is funny that will ferrell is playing him this is a more straightforward acting than Will Ferrell's going to do, so in that way it's not a comedy, but which makes it a better comedy. Yeah, it's going to be like, what's that movie with Will Ferrell where... Um, Everything Must Go? No, the one... Oh, yeah. No, the one where his life is being narrated, like a oh, book. Oh, uh, Spoon? Strange, Spoon Stranger soundtrack? Than Fiction? Is yeah, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's called Spoon It's going to be that version of Will Ferrell. Yeah, I didn't... Like, I don't love him in dramas. <laughs> uh but like, like it's well acted and well shot. Uh, and who, why? Like, we should allow comedies to be those things. Uh, like, you're, you're, when comedies you say, can be comedies. Comedies can be dramas. Comedies can be like uh, thrillers, life is inherently you know? funny. Movies should 
blur genres way o- more I mean, often. I agree. I agree on that. I agree. I like, just I think Midsummer is a very funny movie too. Midsummer, I would say, is funnier than this movie. I wouldn't agree with that. Um, I just funny, feel though. that um, I feel like it's odd that it's being referred to everywhere as a comedy. I mean, this is more to it what you're always talking odd, about, but which is like marketing of movies is so hard and weird. I'm more making the point that I feel like it's odd that everyone is invested in this idea that it, it's a wickedly funny comedy. It's like, well, I think it's a satire. I think it's like has comedy elements. I think that it's, you know, partially a relationship drama partially like a you know a very big picture satire of society um but to just call it like a wickedly funny comedy is like no yeah, I'm not that's calling not it no that's only not right a comedy it's so many things if anything it pushes the genre forward for comedy uh like uh the apartment is a comedy it's super smart and does so many things by beat uh that helped push things that rip off uh the apartment so when movies came off like that uh, i hope people start ripping off ruben oslin's over more often I would say even, yeah, like Midsummer or uh, Ari Oster, who we're going to talk about shortly, uh, talked about how he wants to do a relationship drama and not do a horror movie after this. I, I would say I would be very I much mean, in mid- the vein. I would say Midsummer is a relationship drama. I oh, mean, yeah. That's what my intro is going to be. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I feel like I know what you're going to say about this, and it is time to move on. Okay. we're uh, Let's say we have two minutes for this, and we each get a minute, which I'll time. Okay. Do you do you think... Do you identify with or sympathize with or slash could you see yourself doing the thing that the guy does in the movie running away when an avalanche comes? Oh, no. I don't need a minute. Okay, wait. But here. Okay. Your time starts now. Okay, no. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say more than that. Uh, yeah, I've, if I had kids and a wife, I'd stay there. That's easy. This is, oh, exercise in brevity. <laughs> I would use the rest of my time to say. No, wait. No, come on. Come on. Come on. No, minute. no, no. Uh, well, okay. All right. Fine. And fine. Yet, uh, here's some other funny things from the movie. Uh, there's a bar scene where... Okay, uh, 10 seconds. Well, you talked again through most of my time, which I'll do through yours. It's supposed to be focused on the topic at hand. Which I said no. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. Now it's my turn then. Then I don't even get to say the thing. Well, you can say it afterwards. You can I'll say, say it, it during like you did during mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're being so petulant. You're being You're so petulant. You're the one interrupting me. <laughs> It's because it's hot. Is it because it's hot? We're both like running hot. Uh, funny things this movie. Uh, there's a bar scene with him and his God. friend. He's uh, like, hey, I want to get you this drink. Uh, my friend thinks you're the most attractive person here. And like, oh, cool. I've got it. Like they're like giving each other like eyebrow high fives. Two seconds later, she comes back. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I wasn't meant for you. It's my mistake. <laughs> yeah, that was very weird. Um, and the gender is very funny in this movie. So, uh, Caleb, of course, of course, I identify with that guy that ran away oh from my his God, family. That sucks that you invited. Like, okay. of course, of course, it's just like it's like they keep. Here's what I will say though. So the whole thing of the movie is in the beginning of the movie, the wife is saying, uh, "I understand if you ran away, but you have to admit what you did and admit it was bad." So that's this is what I will say is I would. I'm not saying I would definitely run away, but I'm saying in a life or death situation, it's possible you could have the reaction of just trying to save yourself, like just ducking. Like if something was coming, flying at your head and your wife was standing next to you, you might just duck. You might not think to grab her and duck. You might just have mm-hmm. a, a split second where you were like, Ugh, and then, you know, it's over. But it, I think afterwards, yes, I would, of course, own up to it and say, like, yeah, I can't believe I did that. That was really fucked up. Like, I don't know what it was. I just had an instinct, and I, I'm sorry. I love you so much. That's that's what you have to do. Sure. But definitely, like, I could see myself doing that, like, being like, oh, no, and, like, freaking out. And just trying to like protect myself. Oh, um, I. Uh, and I think if you think you wouldn't do that, like you're deluded. I'm not saying saying that to you. I'm just saying generally to it, people. Well, because I mean, it's like they say in the movie. Like the what the thing we haven't talked about too is the great guy from Game of Thrones. Uh, what's his name? The tall guy yeah, that's Chris, in love uh, with Brienne. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, he plays Matt in this movie. Yeah, the tall guy with big red well, hair, and he loves. We Brienne. can talk about because this movie has like a little bit of two endings. Uh, one being that the dad does help out in a situation, and the family hugs. Uh, but then there's like a second ending uh, where the mom has uh, her own little freak out. Yes. Uh, uh, and I don't love this ending, but I like that it's kind of, that I like that I don't like it. Uh, like she has a situation where uh, like they're going down this, on this bus down a mountain uh, and it is like a very like windy road and she just gets freaked out that this driver has to like keep breaking and stop, stopping and starting to turn. 
the only way you probably can go down the mountain. She yeah. freaks out and she runs off the bus. And not only that, she gets everyone else to run off the bus besides her one friend. Her one friend <laughs> who's like married and has kids. And then but the is last scene everyone. in the movie yeah. is uh, the smug dude's face like, okay, we're even. <laughs> he's like, takes it's, a cigarette from some random it's, dude. And what it looks like, like you don't even realize like, oh, wait, she's doing the same exact thing. And she doesn't even realize it. Yeah. Uh, that's such like a little... Fuck you, man. That's a great Ruben Oslin thing. And it's also a thing where like, but it kind of takes back the whole movie because like you're saying the whole movie is about like breaking yeah, down the male a- ego. But then in that one scene, it's like he literally ends the movie swaggering, <laughs> walking down a road, smoking a cigarette. And, and his his son is That's like, funny. he's like, dad, do you smoke? And he's like, yeah. I do. I know. It's a, I think it's <laughs> so. Is he has his whole ego again? It's See, completely back. It. You're laughing at it. It's a funny movie. Oh my god. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. 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 So, so the second movie, the main attraction this week, uh, is Midsummer. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through. Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival, special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Uh, finding herself traumatized and lost in our modern world, Danny, the ostensible lead character in Ari Oster's Midsummer, tags along to Sweden to celebrate the summer solstice over a nine-day pagan celebration. She takes this trip with her boyfriend, who is a jackass, who or, he originally planned the trip with his uh, bros. It was a, supposed to be a bro trip. Uh, the other bros are an intellectual jackass who wants to study the Midsummer folklore. Uh, the other friend is a horn dog jackass. Uh, literally, uh, just makes dick jokes and how he wants to have sex with people all the time. And the other one is the Pied Piper leading him there. Uh, the he's from Sweden. Wants his pe- people, to meet, his friends, to meet the family. Uh, that's the setup to the movie. There's your setup. Uh, Midsummer is much a movie about that Swedish cult, cult as it is about the shitty relationship. Uh, Danny and her boyfriend Christian find themselves in. Uh, Ari Aster himself has described his latest movie as a breakup movie within a horror movie. To quote uh, Lindsay Zolids from The Ringer, uh, The Wicker Man meets Waiting to Exhale. But a horror movie this very much still is. A horror movie shot in the never-ending Swedish sunlight where we are introduced to the Harga, a hippie Swedish commune. Over the course of the following two-plus hours, we are exposed to the extent of the Harga's friendliness an extent that leads to bloodshed and a special kind of benevolent malice that I would call madness. It's a very unsettling and at times super funny movie. Chris, you watched this just the other day? I did indeed. I did indeed, Caleb. Uh, you're asking me what I thought about yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, right? So this is the kind of part where we're going to try not to spoil any of the movie. Um, so I will say... Um, so you were saying someone asked you if it was scary or not and going into it, I was very concerned. Like how scary is it going to mm-hmm. be? Um, so what I'll say is like, I, uh, when I didn't find it particularly scary, like I'm not going to say no bad things happen in the movie, but I, it's not, it wasn't particularly interested in scaring you necessarily more like um, other kinds of emotions, other kinds of negative emotions, mm-hmm. but not necessarily fright. Like it wasn't frightening. It's Yeah. It's more just, off-putting off-putting uh, yeah ominous it's ominous like, i mean literally when they drive into the compound the camera flips upside down and i mm-hmm. said to my wife in a very funny aside i feel like the world is turned upside down but i mean that's like the message <laughs> it was like everything's everything's topsy-turvy everything is like you don't know how anything's gonna work yeah it kind of remi- crazy that one shot kind of reminded me like it gave a special meaning to when we actually are in the setting for this movie uh kind of reminded me of Wizard of Oz in that sense. Like, mm. oh, flip, and we're at this place where this movie takes place. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, it's like alternate reality, basically. Yeah, And uh, I mean, but speaking of Wizard of Oz, that's a very good reference because the movie is so bright and so oh, colorful. I mean, they're... The so brightest they're wearing, horror movie ever. Yeah, they're wearing these uh, like sort of white garments the whole movie. And they live in these houses that have these amazing uh, paintings all on the inside, these murals, which are apparently based on a real thing. This is a real thing in, in mm-hmm. Sweden. It's like a UNESCO World Heritage Site where these uh, there's all these interior murals in this kind of primitive style. And so they tried to model it on those things. Uh, and the um, and I did a bunch of reading about the movie they like. 
made up their own version of the runic alphabet, like they say in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like they actually did do that. And then the production, you know, knew what all the runes meant, and different people have different runes on their dresses. And yeah, it's crazy. And it's like they knew what the symbolism of all that was. And it's like very, and all the tables are shaped like runes, and like the each table rune means a different thing about what's happening. The production design in this movie is so above and beyond. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful. And you can do that because it was only shot in one location, so you could blow a lot of your money on just like, oh, going above and beyond. And it's stuff that like sneaks up behind you in shots. Like it, they're really just like oh, yeah, in front sure. of all this beautiful, all this beautiful uh, like in jokes that you can't really tell. I mean, speaking uh, of the location, like that was like one of the things Ari Aster said in this interview. One of the interviews that I read, he was saying like for Heredity, they basically built the whole house in a soundstage, and they could just, and the movie was very dark. And he said we could just shoot, you know, indefinitely and as much as we, whenever we wanted, you know, we, we would do like 15, 16 hour days. But for this movie, they were shooting it outside and it's not, you know, they, they say in the movie that it's bright 24 hours, but that's not, you know, when they shot that's it, true, you yeah. know, it's not really true mm-hmm. either. Um, so the whole movie, they basically had to shoot like, you know, in just a couple of hours of the day when it was bright enough. And he was saying it was such a nightmare, you know, to have to think about that and to have to think about, you know, moving pieces of equipment around and it took so much time and it was very stressful for him. Um, but it, I mean, it, I'm glad that they did because it's fucking beautiful oh, to yeah. look at. So there's like, visually, there's a lot of information being portrayed to you. Uh, and that's kind of uh, the genius of the movie is, and that's where I find it so unsettling because you're just learning the whole time. <laughs> But like, oh, wait, this is a part of their ritual. Oh, this is this. They do this, too. Yeah. Like, you're just get, gathering information. Uh, and I would say, like, the final 20 minutes is all just, like, payoff. You're like, check, check, check. Yeah, let's go through yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. It. And that's, like, kind of a whirlwind uh, kind of amazing thing. Uh, there is, like, one max gross-out, grotesque, all-time, holy shit scene that he has in this movie. <laughs> I don't even, I can't wait to talk uh, to you about which one you're talking oh, about. Oh, out of stupa, man. Out of stupa. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's so hard to say, like, literally no spoilers. I mean, that vibe of the movie is basically these friends are at this thing and it's completely otherworldly and they can't decide if it's paradise or if, you know, it's very, very sinister. And I will say, you know, I, I honestly, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about in the spoilery section, because I'm not 100% sure I know either. Like, huh. because it, it is kind of an open question, like if these people are good or evil or something in between. And if it's, if, is the movie a commentary on how they're conducting themselves or is it a commentary on how we are the conducting heart, yeah. ourselves, you know, like yeah. as, as like general Western society, or is this thing like a kind of, metaphor for western society and that's where the the oh. commentary is i have some more non-spoiler stuff we could i could just get out of the way yeah sure please uh like just to answer more of like it's not unsettling and it is very funny and a lot of the funny comes from uh, a culture clash like uh these are uh four four americans yeah four americans uh trying to learn like folklore and there's just like a lot of fumbling around of uh like uh will poulter who was great uh you know him from the Bandersnatch Netflix Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also super scary, and I thought he would never work again after seeing him in the movie Detroit. Oh, yeah. uh, he's also in Where the Millers. He is the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, a- great young actor. Uh, he plays uh, the horn dog it- jackass Mark, uh, but he just is like the worst American. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, he's like him. a character from like American yeah. Pie or something. I mean, the way they set those guys up is kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, you and I are guy friends. We have, we do actually hang yeah, out with guys. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't act like that at all. <laughs> we don't even come close to acting like that. Maybe a little bit. And we're like, oh, think of all the bitches you're going to fuck mm. in Sweden. Like, I don't uh, think we have said anything approaching that to each other ever. <laughs> no, we're all in relationships. Well, yeah, whatever. Uh, there, uh, the other actor uh, is uh, Cheaty from The Good Place. Yeah, uh, I, he... I can't believe that you thought he was a jackass. I didn't think. I thought he was oh. the only one that was good. I thought he was a good one. Uh, he was better than those guys, but still, uh, he... He was uh, just very serious uh, about his academic work, you know. Well, overtly, like uh, to his undoing. <laughs> There's the to his undoing. Yeah, although, although I would argue not. That's actually not true, and it wasn't his undoing. Uh, they told him not to do something, and he did so. <laughs> yeah, but I think what happened to him would have happened anyway. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but he uh, really didn't comfort da- Danny. He didn't want her to go. There's like, uh, he's just like that cheat, like how. Chidi's not really a jackass on The Good Place. Chidi's a great guy, but he's in the bad place for reasons. It's because he's just 
and it's very much that same vibe of a yeah, character. Yeah, it's very similar. Like, overly intellectual and always correcting and always uh, not letting you, mm. uh, like, come to your own conclusions about things. And he's, like, exasperated yes. with you. It is uh, very, very similar to yeah. Chidi. So I that's why like... I think he's kind of like an intellectual jackass. Also, I gotta say, every time I see that guy, he's buffer and better looking. Hell like... yeah. The actual ethical system that you should all follow is nihilism. The world is empty. There is no point to anything, and you're just gonna die. So do whatever. And now, I'm gonna eat my marshmallow candy chili in silence, and you all can jump up your own butts. Yeah, so the, all that said, um, I, you know, let's just say, I'm going to say, like, at this point, I think it's a good movie. And if you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing it, like, definitely. And if you're, I'm somebody that I don't like, I don't love when a movie has a lot of gore or is very scary. And I, I mean, I did have to look away from the screen a couple times, in all fairness. But um, I th- I think it's great. You, it's fine. It's fine. If you're a person like that, which is like me, it's fine. It's a fine movie to see. All for the one scene, which I guess we could talk about now. Okay, uh, so do you want to move on? Spoiler, is there a spoiler sound effect we could play? There is, there's a klaxon that I have, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, it's the spoiler section now. You've been fucking warned like a million times. Oh, yeah. And I think so if you hear any spoilers now, it's your <laughs> fucking <laughs> fault. <laughs> so, yeah, spoilery. So much crazy shit happens in this movie, Caleb. Like, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, and it is. So the very first thing that happens is that um, this woman's Danny's sister murders her parents and commits suicide in this extremely grisly I way. Thought, yeah, I think that's a. Uh, this is so insensitive. It's a very uh, great filmmaking that whole opening sequence. It's yeah. before the uh, uh, t- a title card drops. It's uh, before the title card. I yeah, know. When Mary the title Oster. card dropped, I thought it was uh, so funny. So she's on the phone calling her boyfriend uh, about uh, like, "Hey, I'm worried about my sister." She sent me this weird email, uh, and the boyfriend's like, kind of like, oh, it's nothing. And like, kind of brushing it off. Me, God. Uh, but the way he shoots is just like so up close on her face, and just like a, such a way to get you like in tune with his character's vibe. I mean, and you figure out right away what kind of relationship yeah. they have, and that he's a piece of shit. And but that also she is like weird, has a lot of problems mm-hmm. because she basically goes like, when he's a, a complete asshole to her, obviously she goes. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're like, what? You're oh, like, dude. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he doesn't tell her about going to Sweden. Yeah, right. Uh, and when he it does come up, it's at a party. And then Af- at, after her family yeah, is dead. After right. her family is dead. And afterwards, when he, she asked him, like, hey, why didn't you tell me about Sweden? I was like, and then he makes her apologize oh for God. that. I know. He's <laughs> like, well, I only just decided today, which is obviously a lie. I still lie. might not go. I still might not go. I still might not go. I haven't even decided yet. And she's like, well, it's okay, but I just wish you would told oh, me. Oh, uh, the boyfriend's name is Christian. I thought it was very funny that his name was Christian in a movie with such uh, overtones Pagan. of religion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the whole deal with this thing is basically like they get to this community and they don't know what's going on. Everybody, they start doing drugs, which is like cool and oh, they're yeah. having fun, but then they're also kind of freaking out a little bit. It's a very underrated drug movie. It's a it's great... A, they do a lot of drugs yeah. in this movie. Um, uh, they show a lot of the freak out of it too. And then it's kind of like... Okay, so the first crazy thing that happens is these old people jump off a cliff. At a stupa. At a stupa. So that was the part you thought was really oh. fucked up. Because of his, because the guy, because one woman hits the Here's thing. Here's why I think it's fucked up. And her whole Dude face comes off. through. He looney tunes that shit. It's Wiley Coyote, but they actually show the impact. Oh like, he shows face hitting rock. He yeah. shows the explosion. Another guy and walks And not only off. that, oh my God. he, uh, he like goes up, zooms in on close to oh it a couple times. Yeah, it's really and gross. And it's disturbing. And then you remember, oh wait, there's two of them. So after face goes, this guy, the second guy just goes, and he just goes straight down. He doesn't go face first. He goes legs first. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? He does that, and you see the Im- again. They show oh the impact. God. They show the legs bone split. Can I tell you? I recently saw Chucky, the new Chucky, and there is actually they do that exact thing. Oh, in, really? In the new Chucky movie, that makes me want to see it. Yeah, um, it's actually the like the best, the goriest thing in the Chucky movie. Ooh, it was actually kind of funny because I had seen that first, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um. And then, but he's not dead. So then oh, yeah, they, he's they not come dead. up and they, they show beat his, his leg. They show his bone through oh his leg. God. And they beat, they come up and beat his skull in with this a giant mallet. ceremonial hammer. These, it's like three of them are wearing special sashes. It's a family, a small, weird a small, family. Small, weird comes family. In. And each of them take a turn bashing his head in, even though by the third person, he doesn't by have a head anymore. By the second person. It's by the fucking Gallagher in that his shit. His whole uh, fucking head is gone. His whole head is gone. Yeah. Uh, it's really gross. That's, it's so great. Uh, 
But is, even after is that, that they, don't, cre- they, don't, you, they don't they don't leave. No, I know. Ugh. There's two other people that they brought in from England. Yeah, these American, other people. Another American. person yeah. from the com- commune uh, brought in more people. Yeah, did they they try to get the hell out of there? Um, did you cringe during that part? Because that is by far the grossest oh, part yeah, of that movie. I cringed. I, that's yeah. when I had to look away from the screen. I couldn't look. I I had to, I had look to away. like keep myself from standing up because i was so <laughs> under watching it i was like on the edge of my seat being like oh good oh lord god, Caleb, that is <laughs> fucked up dude dude i never get to see you never see something like that oh this is god. one of the grossest things i've ever seen really you think so oh yeah easily yeah oh my god i mean it was and it was also very very realistic looking <laughs> yeah. and again it's shot in beautiful broad it's blue broad, sky like. yeah it's so bright and there's nothing at all there's no shadows uh, like it just is happening i feel like i could talk about the scenes for so much but there's so much more there's so movie. much more in this movie oh my my god it's such a masterpiece of like um dread because you just never know what's going to happen and what the rules are oh, yeah because they're they spend so much time making the people seem nice like the people in the cult they genuinely seem like good they're people very friendly yeah. even after these two these two deaths that we're talking about they come up and they're like oh you have to understand this is the way we live our lives when we get to a certain <laughs> age we just you know we don't want to die in pain in a hospital they so we, out, yeah. we give our lives freely and I, I can't wait to do that myself and you know yeah they're all here it's together as a family and they're just and the people are like yeah okay <laughs> they're like well when you put it that way i mean uh, i guess a classic horror movie would be like oh we're you're uh suspecting these people like oh wait there's something wrong with them right. are. but this never changes like they always keep the same general attitude. Nice. they just they're really nice. love their tradition <laughs> and they really keep going forward with their tradition yeah uh, that tradition turns out to be super fucked up that involves like killing all these people <laughs> Yeah, so basically the deal ends up being that there it's the special midsummer festival. It only happens every 90 years and uh, they have to have four new bloods and five members of their own community who yeah. like give their lives during this. And the and so like they basically murder everyone that, you know, had come in with the notable exception and this is this whole thing to talk about with Danny and with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So it, this is where the movie, you know, becomes a relationship yeah. drama. I mean, Danny, I would say like Force Majeure. Yeah, it's basically about like relationships are terrible. Like that's the point uh, of both that, of these movies. Yeah, and that the male ego is fragile. It's not just the male; it's just like the concept of being in a relationship. I feel like they're against. Sure. Like they make all relationships seem bad, you know, because all the cult has this kind of. Uh, the, you know, they don't have relationships. They just have sex with people and the babies are raised communally and it's like not They're a all thing. family. They're uh, all family, right? Inter- like when they first get there, it's like, hi everyone, I want you to meet my uh, sister. We were born on the same day. Yeah. It's very odd. And you're like, oh, that. I know that's not your sister. So, and then, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's my brother. Like we were <laughs> orphans together. And you're like, that doesn't mean he's not your brother, you know? know? And there's these little references like that where he's like, oh yeah, you know, my parents died in a fire. And you're like, wait, what? He preys on her grief. Uh, away and so yeah Danny's in grief and she sees this idolistic uh, she sees a, uh, an alternative to her grief she right. sees people being happy uh, people she sees this death and people accepting it uh, so she hesitantly buys into it uh, it helps that she wins uh, May Queen May Queen yeah and, which is a contest you have by Running around, you drink Ella, you drink mushroom tea, and then you dance, dance until until everyone else falls over. If you're the last one standing, you're queen. <laughs> it's so dumb. But I mean, right from the beginning, because she's not supposed to come on the trip, and then yeah. to kind of fix this argument, her boyfriend invites her along, and the Swedish guy, the one who has known the whole time everyone's going to be murdered, is he gets very excited, and he's like, "Oh, I'm actually very glad you're coming." And then over the course of the movie, it becomes revealed he's glad because they're, well, they're trying to adopt her into the community because there's a certain number of people they have to kill and they will have already met that number. And so he's like, oh, this will be great. Like, it's like a new person for us. And we learn that she's adopted the community because they say uh, we need... Uh, outsiders to come in so we don't have inbreeding <laughs> right so we don't have inbreeding <laughs> except for the oracles who we intentionally inbreed. they have in, they have intentional inbreeding and those people are their gods oh my god and this guy they keep showing him and he looks so fucked up uh he's got he looks his face is extremely fucked the up him or her so they, i don't know yeah, yeah. They, I guess. at the end they're at like a cloud they're sitting on yeah, what the fuck is yeah. going on with that i could i was like what out of all the things that threw me off this movie, I couldn't like, wait a second, okay, the so, cloud's too much. So one of the things that this movie, and uh, you'll see how this is related, is that the deaths 
and the ways they treat the dead bodies are all very grisly. So I have two questions about this. Like, for instance, we see somebody who's gotten a blood eagle, which is this famous, possibly made-up way that Vikings used to execute people, where they would hack away the ribs next to your spine Ooh. and pull your ribs out and hang them from the ceiling, and they would kind of flutter as you died, uh, like butter, like an eagle's wings. And sometimes they would carve the shape of an eagle onto your back before they did the hacking. So that's like somebody wanders into a, a barn and someone has is strung up like that, like a blood eagle. So that's, I'm um, just eagle. to say it's all fucked up. It's all super yeah, fucked up. And like lungs still moving at that point. Well, it's, I couldn't tell if, it, if they were moving right then or if it, it was they just were the lungs, breeze. Like breathing. Oh yeah. I think they were like pulsating with, uh, which is know, super tell. fucked up. Because also he has flowers shoved in his eyeballs. Mm. But, um, uh, but what I was going to say is, so with there's a scene where we see the horn dog guy you keep talking about. Mark. Yeah. Is it the Oracle wearing his skin as yes. a mask? Yes. That is what it is, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The um, Oracle is wearing his whole head, which has been turned into a ma- skin mask. And then we show up for a split second, but he also, uh, where his crotch would be, there's just like a blood stump. <laughs> so it means they... Because he was trying to get laid the whole time. They yeah. probably cut off that dick first. Oh, my God. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, and so then what happens at the very, very end is basically the girlfriend gets to choose if her boyfriend, who has been sedated. Well, can we go to the one thing before that, before the very end? Oh, yeah. End, sure, sure. Uh, which is uh, top, I don't know, five disturbing sex scenes in movie history. Oh, my God. Uh, so there's... Oh uh, the whole time, of course, uh, Christian is a jackass. Uh, there's a girl flirting with him. There are... You kind of give him some excuse because he was drugged at this point, and Danny's Mayfair queen, but uh, he's drugged, and the girl that's been flirted with him lures him over, uh, and they finally have sex, but you see it's a very ritualistic sex scene with a bunch of witchy women surrounding them naked as and also Singing. pushing him in oh, to yeah. her. Well, that's because he's like taking like, too long. He making eye yet. contact and, like, with his, him I mean, as he's like doing it. Her mother is like holding hands with her while she's having sex with this. She's with old Christian. enough now. Oh my God. Yeah, because she looks also about 60 and like it's really fucked it's up. It's very like it's probably not scary as we're describing it, but trust us. It's very off-putting it's and scary. It goes on for too long. I mean, it's what we're talking about before. It's, it creates this unreality. Before we move on to the next part about that, uh, just to end this on a high note with that particular storyline, she feeds him her pubes in a pie. Well, so this is my other question. So there is a scene where he, which we are given to understand is a love potion when you put a pube yeah, into pube food. In a, we put pube into pie. But I will say when I first saw him take the pube out of the food, I thought the... That's so funny when he did that. It's because, yeah, he does a whole thing where he like pulls it out, you know, and holds it up in the sunlight and... Yeah, and it's shot very well again. It's a very well shot pube pullout. But it's, so we, we see them making the meat pies immediately after we basically know that both of the English couples have been killed. Do you think the meat was the couple? Hmm. They do take out a lot of the meat. Um, because when we I'll see just, the bodies later, they're basically hollowed yeah, out. You know? I'll say yes. Just yeah. It's more fun that way. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I honestly couldn't. We decide. see the bodies at the end, which we could talk about the end now. So all these. Yeah. Well, wait. Can I say a couple okay, of things about these? Um. So I was talking a little bit about. I, I read this great interview with the production designer. So here are some of the spoilery things that he said. Um. So basically, there's a lot of you know color symbolism in the movie, like yellow and blue are the colors of death, which he was saying. Uh, I wanted that to be. So the main reason for that was those are the colors of the Swedish flag, and I wanted to make the point of how wrong nationalism is, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, cool. I guess if you think about it they are murdering foreigners like that's the whole what the whole movie is about so that's kind of is on theme also uh so here are the important runes cultivation of art soul and craft the rune that means that is very prominent in the movie um and also danny's dress that they make her has runes that mean crisis slash death and also helplessness slash innocence um which i think is pretty fair Mm -hmm. about her character yeah, I mean, apparently they had a whole fucking, like, alphabet they made up for the movie. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, now we can talk about the end. Uh, yeah, it is funny, I guess. I don't know. So everyone's a scarecrow. They put a jester hat on Mark's corpse. <laughs> um, and, yeah, there's this building that's a sacred building we're going to go to, and they turn out that's the building they're going to set on fire. They sedate Christian yeah, and in, stitch inside him up a, inside of a bear yeah. costume. <laughs> um, so... Which is wild. I mean, why? Yeah. Why, 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 why? There I is, uh, I did read that, like, that is, there is a factual base. That's it's a like factual an ancient base, yeah. Swedish thing or ancient Norse thing or something. Dude, Ariaster's on some shit here, man. 
Yeah. I mean, I think everything and everything in it is basically like based on some kind of he read something Nordic like, folklore down, like, or something, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like every, these are all things that are either real or we don't know if they were real or not. Mm-hmm. Like if you know what I mean. Uh, and Danny's queen. So she just watches this burn and then, and she's by the way in like basically a, a giant, wheel, flower. A giant yeah. flower. She's wearing a huge amount of flowers. At first it seems like she's basically like in a chair and they've, stacked them on top of her but then she's like walking around in it which is even weirder Mm -hmm. kind of doing this weird like yelling dance but she's happy at the end she's happy they show her smiling so this does lead me to the question that maybe we can use as kind of a wrap-up caleb did you think these people in this commune like are they good or are they bad bad uh they killed people that's bad (laughs) i mean sure if you want to think of it that way it's so reductionist (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, they kill people, but also they live this way of life that's very in tuned with the earth, and they all seem very happy, happy. and um, they all seem very healthy, and it's a very well functioning society. Um, and all it takes is they have to murder some people, you know? Yeah, it's inherently evil. Well, see, this is one thing I thought is interesting is, is I think you can watch the movie and come away with the idea that those people are good and we are bad. Like I was saying before, like it's an indictment of modern culture because Mm -hmm. these people are pre-modern and it's basically saying like and because so many of the guys come off as jackasses you're like yeah all these people suck they don't get how to live properly like it's cool to watch them get murdered by this like awesome commune but then again the commune did murder a bunch of people and not just that but they lie about it and they lie about it all Mm -hmm. the time which i think that's the really bad part uh, especially like the guy who like convinced them all to go back to his fucking village expressly to murder them. Like that's, that's bad. Yeah, He got and an award bad. at the end too. Yeah. They gave him an award. For yeah. <laughs> uh, it, as I think a breakup movie though, it helped like the Danny wouldn't have got over her breakup. It wasn't for the hard guy. <laughs> it's true. I mean, uh, and we haven't even talked about it as a breakup it movie, a, a relationship movie. movie. Uh, I read a piece with Ari Oster talking about his influences and he listed the greatest breakup movie ever. It's uh, called modern romance. It's an Albert Brooks movie. Go see every single Albert Brooks movie uh, there. He's the best to reference an Albert Brooks comedy in this movie is oh so God, insane so to wild. me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I earlier I referenced Waiting to Exhale, uh, with a Wicker Man meets Eddie Waiting to Exhale. Wicker Man, obviously a pagan horror folk horror movie. Uh, Waiting to Exhale, uh, famous for that scene where Angela Bassett takes all her ex's stuff and burns it. Uh, this movie has her just burning her ex. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. To, yeah, you know she don't need you anymore. You're gone. Yeah. I mean, I tweeted this from our account, but in a certain sense, that finale is like. It's like a viral tweet made into a movie. It's like me covered in flowers, thriving, my ex sewed into a bear skin, <laughs> burning alive. <laughs> you know, like uh, people are going to wear Harga midsummer oh, sure. outfits to sure. summer festivals. If they're not already, it is for sure. It is summer festival. Yeah. Um, so, Caleb, let's get to the fucking thing. All right, man. Let's say you had to you had to make a choice between these two movies. I do love both these movies. Um I would say Midsummer though. Midsummer is just so like an all-time great breakup movie, uh, underrated drug usage movie. Like mm. things move around. We didn't even get to how much drug usage. There's so a lot. Yeah. They do mushrooms constantly, uh, and things like move around, and it's like very much. It's a very feeling. much what it's like to yeah. be on. Yeah. Here's yeah. a great drug line they have in this movie. Who's that guy? I don't want to be around a stranger right now. Force <laughs> 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 um, uh, Majeure is great. It's funny. I don't want them to remake it. I think it's a sacred yeah, thing they I think should it's remake. A bad idea. Yeah. Uh, because I. Like we argued how it was, comedy is not a comedy. That's part of the greatness of that movie um, and Ruben Osland in general. Uh, but with, sorry, uh, Jim Rash, Nat Faxon, you're just going to make a... It's going to be a comedy. It's going to be a comedy. Woof, Will Ferrell comedy. Uh, though, um, t- real quick about that movie. Uh, so shitty we're forgetting uh, the Game of Thrones dude's name. Uh, but that, he's, he, oh, that he's guy. playing yeah, the yeah. same character in the that's movie. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really that's cool. That's great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely agree with you. Gotta go with Midsummer. It's a all-time... Classic. I mean, it's a horror. It's, it's already it's, it's instant. It's classic. an extremely yeah. original horror movie, and they they talk about it as a fable or a fairy tale. Which, if you look at it in that way, it's it's really intriguing. I mean, it it does have all these illustrations. It has basically. Oh yeah. It is. It, it, they they keep cutting to paintings that are what's happening mm-hmm. in the movie, but they're diegetically in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, they introduce the pubic scene by uh, like a weaving picture. It's yes. very pretty. Like it's actually a beautiful tracking shot. The yeah. way like they go down the line of it. And maybe like an hour later, they actually show the pubes going nowhere. Yeah, like long enough that you might have forgotten, but it, it, it you then you'll be like, oh, oh right, the love potion thing, um, um, which also means she like put her period blood in his. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I would recommend Midsummer to people. Granted, they can handle being unsettled. It is an unsettling movie. It's unsettling. It's unsettling. Not yeah, super sure. scary. And again, there is like a gross ass scene, which if you have a weak stomach, just turn your head, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but we he just, does we like turned our heads, come out yeah. with it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and um, I think it's crazy that they're remaking uh, Force Majeure as it's well. called Downhill. Because it, these Nordic things, I feel they're so hard to remake because I feel like so much of it is about the fact that those societies oh, yeah. still have, like, they're still very monoculture and they have a lot of rules for how you're supposed to behave and expectations of you as a person. And so these things are... Pl- critiquing that or playing against it i'm also thinking of this um danish show rita they're trying to make again with lena headley as the star oh. it's basically about a school teacher who's like smokes you know like she's like bad but it's because she lets her kids she talks to her kids frankly about sex and has a cigarette uh, and you're supposed to be like wow what a rebel but it's like that's just a person in america in america that's just a person uh, that and means- it's crazy because they already tried to remake it and it didn't even get ordered to series okay. like they just made a pilot and they didn't make it yeah you the, know? i remember they tried making absolutely fabulous in america and that did not work it doesn't out. work it doesn't work um, that movie i referenced earlier cold pursuit was a norway movie mm. uh same director which is kind well of that's cool that. i think that's a little it's cool but also it's a very americanized uh like the uh actually the first one's called in in order of disappearance it's on netflix actually um but it's a more of an ensemble piece oh gosh um we are so over time i think that's it for the show this week thank you so much for tuning in guys bye i love you we listen to this all thing you listen to it i can't believe it